Outside, enjoying some of that fresh air with us in your ear holes. We're going to be there for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you out of the goodness of their hearts, out of their generosity, out of their desire to see this show continue. They make it possible by supporting us. And in return, they get some cool stuff, including ad-free versions of the show, video versions of the show on demand, and bonus content galore. They get those spoiler chats. They get that entire extra show we call Feeling This, where Christian Spicer and Alex Solman talk about the feelings behind video games. One season in the can. They're ready to be enjoyed. Season two being recorded now. Plus... At the Cool Ranch level. Oh, you get another bonus show. It's called Paid DLC. Comes out on Wednesdays. And it is a delight. Lana Bashinsky joins Christian Spicer and myself talking about whatever we happen to talk about. It is uh, certified zaniness. And I think it is darn fun. So check it out. Patreon.com slash DLC pod. But this show, the main show, DLC, it's the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who loves everything, loves being everywhere, but he'd rather not have it all at once. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. I'm going to say this up top, not even waiting for story of the week because we had him on our show mention it before it was allowed to be mentioned, but now it can be mentioned. The game that I have been writing on, Raw Raw Boom, released its trailer, and it can Ooh. also now be wishlisted over on Steam. So people nice. can check that out. It's a brawler. Congrats. It's beautiful art style, and you can check it out at Steam. Again, it's called Raw Raw Boom. And yeah, all at once, too much. Maybe like occasionally, sometimes, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like if some you're places, <laughs> sometimes, not right now. That would be my movie. If, 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 if time Later permits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> eventually. Uh, someplace. God willing. Yeah. Once or twice, eventually. That would be my. Anyway, uh, hey, you know, I, I, it's still happening as we're, as we're talking. But uh, signs point to my favorite movie of last year uh, winning the Academy Awards. It's already won a bunch of Academy Awards as we're, uh, as we're talking. Oh, don't do it. So. Don't, don't say it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to jinx anything. I'm not going to jinx anything. <laughs> hey, we have an awesome show for you. We're not talking movies. We're talking video games. And we have my friends so much to get to. Uh, there's more, uh, more showcases that happened this week. There's some notable delays. We got games that we've been playing more PSVR two to get to. And we have an awesome guest to do all of that with, you know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian 
But this week, oh, I'm excited because once again, DLC stands for detonating large combustibles. Because we have host of the Giant Bomb cast, as well as senior producer at Giant Bomb, our friend Jan Ochoa is back with us. Hey, Jan. Wow. Jeff Kanata, I want to give you an award for best podcast host. Just like I... I feel like I'm so juiced. I wanted to run, but then I'd miss the rest of the show. I, it's <laughs> raining here in San Francisco. I wanted to rip off my sweater and just stand in the rain and just listen to that intro. I feel like I need a robot voice everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great to have a little robot intro? Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. We That's what I always hope for is the the notebook uh, reaction where you just want to rip your clothes off in the rain. Oh, yeah. Stand yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I look for <laughs> those moments uh, in every aspect of my life. And I'm glad that I have one for this week, Jeff. I'm going to put it in my pocket. I'm going to just save it for when I need it. Oh, it's this my, this, I'm so happy now. Uh, <laughs> it's been way too long since we had you on. Uh, I love you and the stuff you do. Thanks for being here. Let's jump right in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send us comments or questions or suggestions, your own personal reviews, anything you'd like us to see, we love hearing from you. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you do that. Or, and also, you can hang out in one of our cool communities, including our Discord, which is 5x5DLC on Discord, or our subreddit, which is 5x5DLC.reddit.com. Both great places to meet like-minded folks, hang out, have great conversation. We encourage you to take part in the community. But Jan, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Ooh, uh, you know, with uh, with the Oscars currently happening as we're recording this, I got movies on my mind, and I'm thinking about the Suicide Squad being delayed, at least the game, the Suicide Squad game being delayed further into 2023. Uh, but... With delays being so hot, I think Starfield getting delayed might be story of the week. Double delays, big delays. Delay. You know what? Let's lump them together. The, the, we can just say delays. Let's do it. No, the story no, of the let's, week. Let's delay talking about this story for a little while. Like, <laughs> you know we've what? We're going to talk about we've, this. We've announced these stories. Right, yeah. We're going to talk about them right now. But Christian, I gave people later. the exact date that we were going <laughs> to talk about these stories multiple times. Different dates, but. This Hard is the, and fast. the DLC direct to talk about the story of the week, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, uh, as Jen mentioned, two big delays of two very highly anticipated games. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Interestingly, everybody's reporting this as a done deal that this is delayed, but it has not gone official yet. All we know is that Bloomberg's Jason Schreier wrote an article saying it's getting knocked from its May 26th release date. And then everybody picked that up. And the, the headlines are uh, Suicide Squad delayed again. And then you get into the article and it's like, reportedly, 
Well, yeah, very important adverb. It also hasn't been unreportedly, and mm. um, the Word truth the himself, Mr. Jeff Grubb, also then added fuel to that fire, saying, I heard it's longer than just a little bit. And everybody was Oof. like eating their sandwich, like, go on. And he's like, that's all I've heard. And people were like, no, no, continue. And he's like, I just heard. And everybody's like, keep talking. And then they moved on. I so. think this is a safe bet. I think it is a safe bet that that these are probably very reliable sources. Uh, however, I don't know about that Jeff Grubb guy. I don't know about him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's sketchy. What a piece of work. I totally agree. Um, but uh, notable, I just saying notable that uh, Warner Brothers has not confirmed nor denied this yet as of this recording. Uh, and But we do know Bethesda, Microsoft, uh, Todd Howard, everybody involved in Starfield is like, yeah, no, that's definitely delayed. Um, Starfield, you know, it was supposed to have been out many months now. Uh, people, <laughs> you know, the, the big 11, 11, uh, 22 was supposed to be, uh, have happened. Uh, nope, that got delayed to uh, what? What was it supposed to be? Um, this, this spring, this, this summer? Doesn't matter. It, that's not happening either. Now, evidently, Starfield is is uh, set for September to come out. Uh, there will now be a uh, an Xbox game, or, or excuse me, a Starfield Direct around the Xbox Game Showcase around our E3 time period on June 11th. Uh, so it sounds to me, Jan, like you think that the Suicide Squad is the bigger story here, or is that just the game you're more excited about? I think personally, uh, I, I wish I was more interested in Starfield. I'm still not 100% sure what to expect. I think I've seen more of Suicide Squad. And I think with the growing developments with DC as a whole, with James Gunn taking the helm of of pretty much everything mm-hmm. and him insinuating that video games, uh, animation, movies, they're all going to play into a greater canon. Now I'm worried that after he said that, this is... Sh- complicating everything and this is a rocking the boat too much now like how is this going to factor in with future movies with the flash movie is this gonna factor in because i i do remember him saying stuff like the joker series or the movie series and the batman won't factor into the greater dc canon but i don't know with uh this game yeah my favorite thing about the james Gunn comments is like everything's connected except for <laughs> when it's not yeah. And yeah. then it's not. But everything is, except for the other carve outs that aren't. I mean, that's <laughs> so some of it's not. You know, it's very the best funny. way to do it. Did you guys yeah. like that one? It, it's part of it. <laughs> this that's one? Definitely, oh, no. That was me. Can't <laughs> I was <laughs> that one? Me. No. The one yeah, you didn't this, like? Not me. <laughs> not me. D- d- this one you guys all like? Part of it. Aquaman 2? Definitely part of it. This one? Not part of it. I, yes, I wrote and directed this one, but you hated it? Not no. part. No. <laughs> so it sounds, Jan, to me like you believe that is a bigger factor than what some other folks are theorizing, which is that sure. the big Sony state of play that featured 15 minutes of gameplay kind of went over like a lead balloon and they got a lot of blowback that, every, you know, people were like, ah, no, that's not. Let's go back to the drawing board. So do you think that might have had something to do with it as well? I, I definitely think that blowback has to play a factor in all, into all of this as well but at this far in the developmental cycle i can't imagine they can make too many accommodations maybe they can remove some glowy 
uh, bits from the right. helicopters or They're whatever. They're blue now. They're blue. <laughs> Not purple. Oh, okay. it's you fine. hated it's the purple. Fine. You hated the purple. We changed the color. You're gonna love it. <laughs> blue give me six months king shark doesn't blue. jump around anymore randomly uh can't explain that one but yeah yeah i i think you know uh, definitely that plays a big big part of it as well it just i feel like it was already an uphill battle especially after marvel's avengers came out and that uh not performing well yeah. and that a four player always online co-op shooter that suicide kill the justice league is supposed to be it's it's already a tough tough uh landing to even try and land at this point yeah. no i think you make a great point of bringing up uh the avengers game too um christian uh, i think you and i both had a, a big uh-oh feeling when we saw 15 minutes of the game play i know you have been you uh, we've always say you know you're such a big rock steady fan you were very much anticipating this game and i think you came away from that gameplay footage less enthused than you went into it. And I think that's a pretty common reaction, or at least judging by the internet, it, there's a lot of folks that share that our concerns there. Um, but I think Jen brings up a great point. Cause like, what can they do at this point? That seems like the fundamental design of the game is the thing that everybody's like, Ugh. it's not like you can tweak a few things in a few months, but you know, what can we hope for here? If there really are, delaying the game to address some of that it doesn't seem like structurally you can even do much about it i agree especially if it's the reported the bloomberg reported shorter delay if it's a longer delay um i'm still not sure how much you can fundamentally change of the core concept and and design of a game i mean just off the top of my head getting rid of the on all, all excuse me getting rid of the always online requirement even for single player i think would appease people maybe being overly generous in the battle pass style stuff so it still is what it is but you're getting all of it a lot faster you know that they've retooled that grind perhaps they changed how much shooting you have to do before a purple thing explodes i mean those things look like purple bullet sponges and i think another part of it that we didn't talk about whenever that was last week jeff that has me a little concerned about the game is here is your you know 15 minute coming out party and so maybe this is what the delay was about regardless of the reaction here you had this 15 minute coming out party and that was the most interesting stuff you had to show was just Ooh. like jumping like where where was the fight with uh, Green Lantern? Or where was the Flash doing something cool other than in a cutscene? You know, like, where yeah. was the bombastic, really cool, interesting, or if it is a four-player co-op shooter, showing that as like doing the old Ubisoft used to crush these, you know, like <laughs> the people actually playing like, Jan, what, what's on your left? Got uh, it. Three glowy bits. No, send, <laughs> Jeff, send in see, your recon. On my left. That's the same thing on my left. <laughs> but you know, but like that that style of like, yeah. here's how it plays together. This is Destiny One. I think had an awesome trailer of that, yeah. where like they ran over to the chest and they were all pouring over what they got and equip equipping all their stuff, and everybody was feasting at that idea of like the loot's for everybody. Anyway, this Justice League 15 minutes didn't instill confidence of having these incredible moments regardless. So I'm wondering if there was even just more work to have been done anyway. And it's just kind of not still not ready, but I agree. I Jeff, I I'd love to hear if you have some ideas about how they could potentially write that ship again, knowing that none of us have played it and we might all be like game of the year <laughs> when we actually shoot that purple stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I'm still hopeful that that this developer knows what they're doing and the game's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm I'm doubtful every time to you know what is it? Correlation is not causation, right? Just because a thing came out, people said nah, and then the delay happens doesn't necessarily mean that those are causally related. Doesn't mean that they went, oh, people didn't like it. We'll pause. It might have. It might be. I'm not saying it's it's definitely not, but it it certainly feels like a weird thing to, you know, because it is so fundamentally what the game is, it doesn't feel like any delay is going to change that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I suspect there are, other reasons for the delay, you know, in the sense that, hey, every game is delayed. <laughs> every game gets delayed a lot, as mm-hmm. Starfield is, is is proving with its delay. Um, so I suspect that we will still see this game similar. Maybe there will be slight tweaks. Maybe you're saying like the, the you know, it won't be so spun, bullet spongy. Maybe it'll be, you know, maybe there'll be some certain things that, that will change from what we know. But I suspect the game will still be the same fundamental game. Uh, when it is released, but it'll be interesting to see if they come out and say, I mean, May 26 is not that far away, so they're no. going to have to say something pretty soon. And it'll be interesting to, to, to hear if they say, Hey, not May 26. Now it's going to be November. Or if they say, we don't know when it's coming out, Ooh. you know, Ooh. taking it off the release schedule. We don't know when it's coming out. I think my that'll favorite, be I, I texted you this, Jeff, my favorite online reaction. I saw to it. Someone clearly joking. They said, uh, they delayed it so that what happens now is the Flash kills all of the members of the Suicide Squad. Batman becomes unbrainwashed and has to be a regular Arkham game where you play as Batman for the next 20 hours. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, oh, yeah, that's a good delay. That's a good delay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, Starfield's delay because, you know, nobody ever went out of business betting on more delays for Starfield, it turns out. Um, so... Uh, you know, here's a game that you know, at this point, close to a year after their hard and fast uh, release date. Jan, do you think this spells uh, worry or is it just this is just how games get made now? I think this is just how games get made, especially at the magnitude that Starfield is trying to hit. And I feel especially there's a lot of pressure on Bethesda to stick this landing because what else does Microsoft have? this year other than starfield um and i feel like they were able to get through last year uh with not too many titles out and continue pushing game pass depending on whether or not this activision blizzard microsoft deal also sticks uh there's just going to be a bigger gap in microsoft's portfolio for this year so i feel like there is the pressure yes and this is just how game development is but with starfield specifically take as much time as y'all need uh Bethesda games are going to be buggy regardless when they come out. But let's let's iron out some more. Let's let's take some more time. Todd, just look at the script one more time. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the quote from Todd Howard. He says, we have poured ourselves into this game. And even I'm surprised how much more we can pour. <laughs> he said, <laughs> pouring himself a drink. <laughs> this game's not coming up for a while. Uh, it, it, I mean, obviously, these are huge, huge open world games that are, as we know, as you mentioned, Bethesda doesn't have the greatest track record coming out with games that are, that don't have janky stuff because they're just so unpredictable. There's just so many different ways you can play them. So, you know, I, I agree with you. Let the, let it, 
let it simmer more. Let it, you know, we, we, we all went through the experience of seeing all those cyberpunk delays and being like, just ruin the game out. And then the game comes out and it's like, oh, it's not that good. <laughs> so yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather wait and have it be great uh, than, than anything else. But it, it does, you know, I, we've, we've talked about this so many times on the show. It just makes me wonder the whole business of announcing dates. It's just, I know it has to do with investors and stock sure, prices sure. and corporate stuff, but man, it just feels like it's broken, right? The whole notion of it's broken. Yeah. I don't see this happening too often with other uh, forms of entertainment. And I, I'm, you know, video game development is exponentially much, much harder than maybe creating a film. Uh, there's a lot of processes that folk, the general public don't know about, maybe will never know about, unfortunately. Uh, and I think I'm on the same boat as you, Jeff, just like, do we need to announce all this stuff? Maybe just have like a slide in, in a PowerPoint as we go by, or just like a, a logo. If that, if that, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the shadow drops that we've gotten over the past year. Like Hi-Fi Rush was a fantastic surprise. I yeah. wouldn't mind more of that, yeah. to be honest. I agree. I, I, those are delights when it's like, hey, I didn't even know to get excited about this. I can get excited about this at the same time that I can actually play it. Hey, that's yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Christian Moore, Starfield delays. I don't think it's uh, at this point. I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. Right. Isn't that to quote Fight Club? Yeah, I, I feel like even this release date, like they released a trailer for it saying like, starfield official release date and it's like why, why do that to yourself again now like why just like our supposed our hopeful dear lord please let this be our <laughs> release date because I, I think that like a game i lo also love backing up a little bit i also love the stealth launch i loved you know we talked about it with bethesda before i think it was fallout 4 and it, they were like it'll be out in four months or six whatever it was and we were like yay more of that but games of this magnitude i think need the idea of this marketing hype cycle like this is a tent pole this will sell a collector's edition that then gamestop will call you and say they won't actually give you um but that's a different story they will you know build this thing as an event like take off work you know like the hype machine that gets behind these things is so big because these games are so important as these big huge triple a put a flag in the sand this is our what our system's about this is what game pass is about this is whatever all this stuff is that i think had it hit that 11 11 22 date it would have felt like a good marketing cycle right like we got that date it's significant because of skyrim here we go again we get a deep dive we get all this stuff and then the game comes out and everybody's going bananas and loving it and i i, I truly don't know if it's unrealistic expectations if it's pressure from the top if it's poor management if it's, you know, uh, a trickle becomes a, a tsunami, you know, like, oh, we have this little, it's no, no big deal, this little bug. And then they get into it and they're like, oh, dear Lord, <laughs> you know, there's a crack in behind this bug. Um, and I think all of the above can be true, but it does just seem so ridiculous to have this idea of planting your flag when it just time after time does yeah. not come true and i i don't mm -hmm. see it changing unfortunately i i don't see this getting any better anytime soon it's a fool me once fool me twice fool me all the time literally every time yeah i'm not <laughs> I, you know. but um 
I guess it's exciting that we'll see a Starfield Direct on June 11th. I personally don't need to see another thing about the game. I, I just just let me know when it's available to play and I will play it. Uh, I don't need to see a deep dive, but I guess that'll I'm sure that'll be exciting and cool. And Howard promises that there is a ton more about the game that we still don't know yet. Um, so I guess, you know, that'll be interesting to see a deep dive. And it kind of, uh, I think for the first time, tells us exactly what date the Xbox Game Showcase will be, which is June 11th. Which is, yeah, a weird way that that was released also. like yeah. That's it, a stealth have... drop. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? I think that those delays were probably the biggest but i think the thing that aside from those that really interested me the most was one specific thing of another uh slew of announcements that may or may not uh happen <laughs> depending on when they happen but we had the nacon nacon i guess there's no it's not a long a the nacon connect 2023 where they showed more on um robocop rogue city which is the one that i'm uh, most interested in also, the Gollum game, which has uh, also suffered from the, uh, it's coming out, here's the date. And then they showed a bunch of it, and everybody was like, is it, though? Do <laughs> we want that? Uh, and then they were like, they were like no, we're, we're taking that one. We're taking that one back. We're not going to. Also, Raven Switch, which I think looked cool. Raven's Watch. What did I say? You said Switch. Raven's Witch. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Raven's Watch. Thank you. You, even, you corrected me, and I was like, that's what I said. I thought it was a good showcase. And, you know, again, we're not in heavy showcase season right now, and I think there's, there's a variety of, of games, um, uh, uh, different types, and I think that, again, for me, RoboCop, coming back with the voice of RoboCop himself, reprising the role, I still don't quite know what that game's going to feel like controller in hand but my goodness after what they did with the terminator franchise and kind of nailing that license the feel of that license it really looks like they've nailed the the um iconography and kind of look of what a robocop game can and should be and as a lifelong you know dump Eighty dollars into that RoboCop arcade machine over the course of a summer, uh, <laughs> my local arcade, just to have the one level where my gun would come out of my leg and I could shoot for five minutes. I'm very excited for the, a RoboCop. The Rogue trailer, City. first of all, looks gorgeous. Uh, it looks very beautiful. Uh, lots of ray tracing on display. But the, it, what they showed was a level where RoboCop comes in and blasts some some bad guys inside <laughs> a video arcade. So and if good. there isn't a RoboCop cabinet in there that you can walk up and turn on, <laughs> then I will be severely disappointed. You know what I'm saying? They just delay the game, Jeff. They just delayed it. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that uh, RoboCop Rogue City looks uh, looks like a throwback to like old school, uh, you know, first person shooter. Gorgeous and not a throwback in how it looks. Very looks very modern and uh, uh, state of the art. But he's slow and stuff in it, like it, they just nailed like the essence of rope. Hick walks in, gets shot four times, slowly targets somebody, <laughs> just shoots. Oh, yeah, yeah, that game looks really cool. I thought the Lord of the Rings Gollum game is the best it's looked so far. I still don't know if I'm gonna like it. Um, but it, the the design of the characters they showed, um, Gandalf and and some elves and stuff, and I think that the the design, the sort of art, art direction of uh, this take on the lord of the rings setting uh was really kind of cool um and then uh, raven's watch and capes both of which were part of the last uh steam 
mm-hmm. uh, event, you could play demos. I played demos of both of those games. Mm. Um, so I feel like I've, I've played those, but I was surprised by Gangs of Sherwood. Uh, Jen, did you, what did you think of that? Uh, I, I love me some Robin Hood, uh, in most iterations. I was not expecting, um, Gangs of Sherwood to look, um, as action-y. You and... remember when Robin Hood, like, does that backflip <laughs> and then his, his flames shoot fire because he leveled him up and the, the explosions happen and then... Juggle he... someone in the air with arrows. <laughs> I, I, I forget that part of the story. My, my B, guys, my B. Uh, it looks interesting. You know, it, I think, and I don't mean this as a slight against the game at all. This looks like the perfect B game in terms mm. of, like... Oh, this is something I would rent at a blockbuster or like a family member would would give to me and I would like eat it up. It would this would just occupy like a good two, three afternoons. Um, and it looks it looks fine. It looks like you could jump around to different characters. You got like a big meteor dude and your Robin Hood type of character, yeah. which I'm assuming is Robin Hood. I'm sure uh, the, the other one's Little John, right? Isn't Little, little John oh, the big guy? Little John, right? Yeah. Big John, Little John. Little John. I think it's Little John. John. It's ironic. <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, I, I don't remember too much of the Robin Hood lore other than that one Disney movie where they're, where they were all animals. Um, <laughs> but this looks right. like I don't need to know any of that Robin Hood lore. So I'm, I, I could potentially get down. Uh, it, it does feel like the, this is, was a public domain IP that we can just use. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, uh, right. In the same way we had like a deluge of like, uh, Alice in Wonderland games. Right. Now it's Robin Hood's time. Yeah. Finally, finally, Robin Hood gets his uh, his giant, uh, you know, third person action title that we've all been <laughs> clamoring for. I don't know. I, I thought as for some fun uh, co-op-y shooty shoots, it looked it looked serviceable. It looks kind of cool. Um, yeah, I thought I, mean, I thought. Go ahead, Christian. I was going to say one. Maybe it is uh, Nacon, like bacon, Nacon, uh, Nacon. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's fun to say a word for the first time out loud that you've read a million times. Um, if Lara Croft can do all those things with a bow and arrow, like I'm, I'm down for it. Right? Like, right. Yeah, yeah, of course, it's fine. Give me an excuse to go be awesome for a minute in a cool setting, and I'm in. I mean, what was the? Uh, There's a was it Jamie Fox is the most recent. Yes, Robin Hood. I think I watched half of that on plane on a plane. Uh, I'm pretty sure he, he did a backflip and shot flaming. Like that movie was there was bullet time in that movie, if I recall correctly. <laughs> right. It was it was. Yeah. And then the Kevin Costner one had like the lady who, who ate eyeballs like Robin Hood can be all things to all people, folks. So. Yeah. You guys are forgetting the Russell Crowe. Uh, oh, right. A, we've had there's been so many. And then, of there's course, a Russell Crowe one. Isn't there? I believe <laughs> yes, there yes. was. I feel like there is one. That that yeah. feels right. Wasn't there like a Russell Crowe um, uh, directed by... Uh, I'm looking. Directed by Ridley Scott. Wasn't it Ridley Scott and Russell Crowe? Gladiator. Oh. oh, I'm thinking of... No, it's a... No, I, there was also this. <laughs> They've worked together more than once. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, 2010. Yes, you are correct. Thank yeah. 2010, Ridley Scott. Thank you. Boom! Dang. Russell Crowe got back together. Thank you. Uh, also, we, lest we forget Men in Tights. I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, that. of course. You know, the course. best of the Robin Hoods. This has quite the cast. You have Kate Blanchett, Oscar Isaacs in this movie. Yeah. Uh, the 2010 Robin Hood. Wow. Yeah. And just Super panned. memorable, evidently. Yeah. Just, <laughs> for all of us. Just absolutely panned. Huh. Well, I got to go, guys. I'm busy tonight all of a sudden. So, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, I thought, I thought you know, I, I'm excited for that uh, Robocop game. That's for sure. Uh, they also showed uh, War Hospital, uh, War Hospital Simulator. 
which okay. and um a uh a game called ad infinitum that uh, was all the games that were shown at the direct but I, I i think it's cool that we're in this place now where all of these publishers can have their own day in the sun and have yeah. these directs that's cool i like it. yeah 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 i appreciate that aspect uh, speaking of which, Capcom also had a another spotlight. Capcom's been doing these spotlights pretty frequently, actually, multiple times in a year. Uh, and it's not like they had new stuff to announce, per se. We all know what's coming. We know we're, we're excited for Street Fighter VI. We got a uh, Resident Evil 4 remake coming out. Uh, they got a Resident Evil movie. They got more DLC for Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, I think the coolest thing about the Capcom spotlight is that the resident we had we had one of our fun stealth drops in this case a resident evil 4 demo uh they called the chainsaw demo um i don't jen did you get a chance to play it but christian and i both yes. played it yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah oh my oh my gosh gentlemen did you did you both use the the gamecube chainsaw controller uh plugged into your i I printed out a picture and just put my hands underneath (laughs) just so i could uh replicate that feeling smart (laughs) uh but this is one of those one of those remakes where i'm just smiling from ear to ear it's like yep yep nailing it i don't i don't need to play any more of this i might just wait until everything else comes out officially uh i'm just so happy to see leon back in all his glory and everyone's uh dilapidated glory i guess <laughs> yeah well yeah it's dilapidated but but in more detail than ever i mean i those close-ups of the dead things now i'm like oh that's oh yeah much much gorier um i think that this sequence in particular may be the sequence of walking through the narrow pathway in the woods arriving at the cabin mm-hmm. finding the first bad guy might be the single most replayed sequence on diff- in different versions of any video game for me. I've played that sequence on more system, more different kinds of systems than any sequence in video game history, I think. Because I feel like Resident Evil 4 has come out on so many different things over time. And I always at least play through that much, probably usually a little more, but at least that, that much is always like the, the comparison thing that I do. So it feels like the perfect demo because I played it. I mean, I played it on so many different systems. I just played it a couple of years ago on uh, Oculus Quest. Ooh. Uh, you know, I, like so many different ways I've played from the, the GameCube to the you know PlayStation to however many pl- places it got ported to PC. And now... We see it in what is clearly the best-looking version of all time. It's stunning how what they've done with that engine to take something that was very old and very dated uh, and make it look just so beautiful. Um, and uh, and but but so familiar. I mean, a lot of the game has ha- the 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 way you play it has changed, which I think is interesting. You know, slightly, not huge amounts, but enough that. It feels much more modern than it ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet it doesn't feel like a different game. It still feels like Resident Evil 4, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel the muscle memory kicking in almost instantly with just uh, like, oh, uh, that's a nice quality of life adjustment that I can do now. Or yeah. uh, something that feels slightly off, but not off in a bad way, you know? Yeah. Like having a parry is pretty rad now. And the way you shoot like feels like a modern shooter instead of this old, I'm a... I'm a tank that like I have to stand here and um and it's wild how you know Resident Evil 
four is the game that invented that super close but offset main character viewpoint you know that gears of war did and so many games do now but it was the first game to ever try like not putting the main character in the center of the screen like setting it off to the side so you're kind of looking over their shoulder and it's wild to return to that and how that feels modern now when that was the first game to do it yeah yeah return of the king almost you know yeah (laughs) return of the king very well yeah very well said i um Christian, did you, I mean, we, we can talk about it whenever, but I, I, I don't think I want to replay this game again. It's, I I just don't want to put myself through that. It's so gruesome now. Like the, (laughs) the graphic, the graphics are impressive, but eh, in the wrong way for me. I don't need to see that. Technology's gone too far. Too far. (laughs) Too far. Yeah, I mean, the best version of it, everybody knows, is the iPhone 4 version. That's no longer playable, which is by far you know, the way <laughs> yeah. to play. Uh, I'm playing with touch controls. It's the best way to play RE4. It, it is weird. Uh, Jeff, I think I agree with you. I played through this entire demo. And as someone who loves this year's Dead Space remake, which is also very gory, I don't know what it is about this version of re4 and maybe that i just played village not too long ago and dabbled with village and vr again more recently but maybe i'm just older i I don't know how that explains my reaction to dead space and not resident evil but i found this resident evil 4 chainsaw demo to be repulsive in a designed way not like a doesn't play like the grossness of it and those villagers in this new updated re engine thing and their blanked out stare and the you know language that doesn't quite make sense as they're rambling to themselves even if like when translated it's like concerning with what they're how they're saying things and like half prayer half all that stuff maybe it's that i was playing it late at night but i finished it and i was like nope 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 done going to disney plus gotta take a shower like it got to me in a way that dead space doesn't which i think is a testament to the game but it is wet and claustrophobic it's dirtier and grimier and and has texture that it never used to ray tracing on pc i'm like yeah yeah plug me in i'm 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 all (laughs) for it let's get wet and scary (laughs) i love it all right you know i love that i love i love that it's happening it's they did clearly put in a lot of work making this game look fantastic Mm -hmm. um i'm just you know I'm with you, Christian. I just like I feel icky, but uh, it's cool. And evidently, there is a like a, a super hardcore mode on this demo that only shows up sometimes. Like you don't you don't earn it, you don't unlock it. It just presents itself as an option to some at some point. Yeah, and, and as far as I understand, this super hard version is only for the demo. It won't be available oh, for wow. the actual game. So it's just. Hey, we're we're just gonna futz around with some stuff, and if you want something super difficult, here you go. I love it, and it, there's no time limit. Like Capcom's famous for having time limits on their demos, no time limit, which is cool. So yeah, uh, you know, no reason not to get, at least check it out. Uh, I think it's it's very pretty, very. Pretty. I played it on PC, super ultra wide, looks great. Um, also in the Capcom spotlight, uh, I think it's cool that Street Fighter Six has uh, commentators. They're gonna have you know celebrity commentators. They announced. Uh, their uh, their latest, I guess, is the final uh, commentator that will be part of the game. 
uh, Japanese actor um, Hikaru Takahashi will be in it. Um, and uh, I think it's cool that you, you'll, you'll be able to have all these different um, commentators you can select and, and use, and it'll kind of feel more like a sport, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and there are uh, a bunch of celebrities say, oh, Christian sucks. Oh, Christian lost again. <laughs> oh, yep. Still hasn't perfected a dragon punch. How many of these have you played, Christian? <laughs> Ooh, you know. <laughs> you, you can just come to the co- podcast for that. We got people, all, all sorts of people talking about how terrible you are. Um, Exoprimal, I think. I think uh, I'm excited about this game, mostly because it's evidently coming to uh, Game Pass day and date. So I'll be able to play it uh, for free or, you know, for ostensibly free. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I'm going to love this game, but I'm, I'm excited to give it a shot. I think it looks kind of cool and like classic, uh, Capcom-y fashion. It's just over the top and weird and fun. That's what they can add. That's, that's what Justice League's kill, just Suicide Squad kill the Justice League was miss, missing. If they did that 15 minute game plan where he's like, eh, and then it said game pass day one, people would be like, ah. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah. I think my tone would have on the game would have turned around and be like, "Oh, well, all right, sure." Because I, I was watching this thing like Exo Primal in real time. I think they announced the price first. Maybe the price leaked at like a retail listing, and everybody was like, "Oh, I don't know." I mean, it looks fun, but oh, I don't. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, great. This is must play day one." Game Pass, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I wish Street Fighter Six was coming to Game Pass. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, no, they're gonna take your take your money for Street Fighter Six. One quarter at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, a bunch of quarters all at once. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that's what's going on in the game world. Let's talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call The Playlist. playlist? Jan, what has been making your playlist lately? So I uh, unfortunately caught the vid, so I've been a, a little bit bedridden, and I didn't want to play too many games, but I had my phone on me just to, uh, you know, mindlessly scroll, and I unfortunately re-downloaded Marvel Snap. Uh-oh. Marvel Snap <laughs> was probably the worst thing to happen to me in 2022. <laughs> uh, absolutely <laughs> destroyed my productivity. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, I was I was uh, out sick for a week, so I had time to snap constantly. Um, uh, it's a new month, so new uh, season of the Battle Pass is out. Um, and it continues to be a great game. I don't know if either of y'all checked it out, but I um, am still rocking one of my original decks that I made when I first started playing the game when it originally came out. Awesome. And it is still, I, I still feel like it is a heavy contender i'm still getting wins i don't feel like i'm getting cheated out at all um and it's fun coming across all these people with these new cards and these new like little taglines uh that they've added eve as you progress through the battle pass it's a great it's still having a great time and and i hate it i hate all of it (laughs) yeah i i think that is probably the biggest compliment you can give to the game is what you said is that (laughs) a, a a a deck that you made long ago is still viable in multiplayer yeah. that is a huge compliment that's a hard thing to pull off in a game that's free to play that's pushing you forward and you know wanting to get you excited about the next thing always the next thing to be able to continue to have you know avoid power creep in that way i think that's yeah, really yeah. great to hear yeah and i've always been interested in in other like tcgs like magic like hearthstone but the barrier to entry always felt super duper high and even if i looked up a guide or whatever i feel like i'd be starting 
I, I would be starting from scratch, but it'd be so hard to get up to par with where the current meta is. Here, I feel like, oh, I can still rock with this. This is great. And, you know, I'm picking up newer cards and uh, hitting the labs again and pulling out my spreadsheets of like, OK, all right, <laughs> this is how how I'll do this. The dangerous part now, gentlemen, is now I have an excess of gold that I've never used because <laughs> I, I haven't bought any of the variant cards right. that they have. So now I'm I'm doing the math of, all right, what's the best use of this gold? Should <laughs> I should I just buy more credits or should I just buy more quests? And uh, it's 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 terrible. Jeff. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to admit, uh, I did not anticipate it happening, but I have fallen off of uh, Marvel Snap. Good for you, Jeff. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. It was not easy. Um, <laughs> you know, I, it definitely was one of those things where it's like, why is daddy not paying attention to us? Why is he? <laughs> why is daddy? You know, so maybe that it is a positive thing that I uh, stopped playing because it does. It As you said, it will mess your productivity up and it, it, it feels like a compulsion and there's the games are so short you can always play one more you yes. can always play one more and that's what gets you into trouble you know it's like yeah well my wife's not completely done with that phone call i can do one more and then she hangs up the phone and two seconds later and she's like okay i'm ready to talk now And you're like i can't i can't <laughs> um but the reason i fell off of it is i your just iPad broke I, oh what <laughs> your ipad broke <laughs> <laughs> yeah tapping it all too much snapping um i um i found the penalty for starting a new season and the season's happening so quickly mm, mm-hmm. to be too severe i just thought yeah i get you get knocked down so far and i i i felt that felt like the treadmill to me I, the treadmill didn't feel like oh i gotta get the next card which is great mm, the treadmill okay. felt well if i care about my rank at all and i do did um it was too too severe every month being like Boom, you're back. You gotta you gotta build back up just to get to you know, it's Sisyphus, you're Sisyphus, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do find it a little a little rough, especially when you are dropping if you want to take full advantage of the battle pass and your rank, uh dropping the ten dollars or however much it is for, for the monthly, uh only to be dropped down the next month over, especially like in, in a short month like February. Yeah. Um, particularly rough. Yeah. Uh, and so it, that just felt too, um, too, uh, uh, discouraging, I guess is the too, word. Too snappy of a season. Too snappy. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like honestly, if they, if they made seasons bi-monthly, you know, two month long seasons, I feel like even that would be a huge improvement for me to be like, oh, I, I don't feel the pressure yeah. every day, you know? Yeah. That would be nice. That would be, a, that would be a, a welcome addition actually. Yeah. I mean, that would have their income i'm sure but anyway. <laughs> uh what else is on your playlist uh i've been checking out uh a space for the unbound this is a, a little title i think it's out on switch definitely out on steam where i've been playing it it's a 2d um i guess text adventure game kind of you, you it takes place in the 90s in indonesia uh not your uh not not a setting you'll find too often but it's neat it, it really handles uh, it starts out as kind of like a coming of age story of of two teens in love, and then it takes a supernatural twist. Kind of takes elements of perhaps like um like a like a Persona game where there's all these social links or these these decisions that definitely matter, and you're diving into heads, kind of like Psychonauts. It's a neat 2D art style. Um, and if you're looking to cry and get a good cry, 
Uh, I would definitely recommend this. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I made this small little decision. I decided to talk to this person. It's probably going to be inconsequential. Um, and then like maybe an hour, hour and a half later, it's like, oh, uh, oh, oh, this is this is paying off. I oh, OK, we're paying this off. All right, cool, cool. All right. Wow. Um, and it's just neat to just uh, <laughs> I, I love it when games do this, when it's like a gut punch where um you didn't expect it to hit you on other levels than what you're expecting it to. It's like, oh, cool. Let's go ahead and re-examine like all of my most important friendships and relationships. <laughs> uh, all right, sick. Wow. Uh, cool, cool. That person's a cat now. All right, whatever. <laughs> um, but but it's a fun. It's it's a fun game. Uh, uh, it gets a little bit finicky with the mini games, but the actual text adventure and the story portion are are really great. You could blast through it in maybe like two sittings. Um, if you're really focused, it does a, a neat homage to uh, Phoenix Wright. There's a, a a courtroom scene, which I, I think is really well done. It was like, uh, I see where you guys are going with this. That's cool. Um, it's it's neat. Um, I think it was just like 20 bucks if you're uh, in between these bigger titles that are suddenly decided to come out and, and you want like a, a nice relaxing cry, like not not a bad cry, but like a oh, I needed that type of cry then a space for the unbound definitely amazing yeah i'm seeing here on on steam it also has a a free demo so if yes, you want to check yeah. it out you can download a demo on steam uh you're right i visually i really love the uh, pixel art style here it's um it's really attractive looking game um and uh overwhelmingly positive reviews uh from the from the community as well and you're right 20 bucks for the for the full game a space for the unbound i didn't have this on my radar at all but i'm gonna check this out Especially yeah, it's also demo. neat, um, you know, to to see games coming out and being set in Indonesia, which is not some some something I experience a lot. Right. Uh, shouts out to my Southeast Asians out there. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Um, a space for the unbound. Christian Spicer, what's what about you? What's on your playlist? I'm playing a lot. Um, and this first game, I feel like, is a game that a lot of people probably haven't heard about or played, but um, dare I say, might be the best slash only Justice League game coming out this year, um, depending <laughs> on on how the rest of the year shakes out. They really, code, um, they really saw that announcement, and they're like, "Yeah, we just slipped right into the best <laughs> spot." Woo! <laughs> I mean, it might have been best regardless. Oh, there you um, go. They slipped right. into the only spot, potentially. Um, but I was given a code for Justice League Cosmic Chaos, which is a kid's game. You know, full stop, kid's game. I wrote a little bit of it about it on my blog, which you can find at christianspicer.com, which I will do sometimes when I'm allowed to talk about games, like when embargoes end and it's still like a decent amount of time before we're going to sit down to do a show, Jeff. So I'll be like, oh, here's some thoughts I can type out. It is a kid's game. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It is a kid's game, but it is a wonderful kid's game. A wonderful take on Justice League. You can play as Batman, Wonder Woman, or Superman, and um, the the big bat. Oh my gosh, I'm going to... Um, you have to say his name backward. Mr. Missablix. Yes, Missablix. How could I get that wrong? Yes. <laughs> um, is, is the big bat, and he creates these like fish villain humanoid fish villains that take over the seaport town you had to beat up to do things and it's simple combat you know one button punch one button dodge uh and then you have some super abilities that are mapped to right bumper right trigger left bumper as you unlock them and then you can call in other justice league heroes as you uh save them 
um, to be your support, you know, kind of in the vein of Marvel versus Capcom. They'll come in for a move or two and, and leave. But it is written very well. And the voice acting is incredible. Nolan North is uh, Superman. Um, uh, oh, I should have had it. He played Batman in Brave and the Bold. He's doing Batman. Uh, just like incredible voice talent doing their part. And, and, and it's written very much like those modern DC kids co- uh, cartoons are where it's like self-aware but not just constantly reference heavy. One of the loading screens is Mr. Mitzel pick again. And he goes, uh, Oh, this is a loading screen. Don't worry. Most of your game will be here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Oh yeah. That's perfect for a villain to say. Um, again, really self-aware. There's a moment very early on where all three of the heroes hop. We got to get back into base and they all hop in a car and wonder woman's like Superman, you know, you can fly. And he's like, yeah, but then I wouldn't feel like I'm part of the team. And it's just, it's just cute. It's like top down, slightly isometric. Um, and you have unlocks, you're unlocking new costumes. When you get new costumes, it's tied to, they show the comic book cover art, of kind of what that costume is inspired by. You can live swap between the characters at any time while you're playing, just up or down on the D-pad. And you actually are encouraged to do that because their supers are refilling. So let's say I use Batman's super move wonder woman's is refilling in the background so then i can tag over to wonder woman use hers superman vice versa which is something that you can't do in just in suicide squad kill the justice league at least right now you can't live swap between members (laughs) in the middle of a mission this game very much encourages that and it's just it's just a hoot it's just fun you're you know be bopping around killing things you have a fast a, a way to move faster around the map where batman shoots his grappling hook into the sky and then glides Wonder Woman kind of does like a, a very loose Spider-Man kind of lasso tether and Superman flies, but low to the ground. And it's just a world you want to spend time in. It's very much a cartoony kid show style graphic, graphical aesthetic. My only nit about the game is that it was pitched to me or when I first heard about it as you could play co-op, um, two player couch co-op. And I was like, this is perfect. The main game is not that mm. narrative we're kind of going through things that is not two player co-op at least not now i don't know if a patch is going to come out for it they have a quick action where you jump in and it's you and a friend uh couch co-op running around you know doing stuff but you're kind like of already leveled mode. up yeah you're it, yeah. you're not unlocking things it doesn't have the narrative mm. progression so that rubbed me the wrong way but again kids game i showed the game to my kids and they played that mode and they did not care. They were having right. so much fun just cool. for hours playing in this quick action mode. So if you have children or you're just looking for a light, entertaining romp that treats these characters with respect, but also tongue in cheek along the way, like it's not ironically cool. You know, it's not like that level of tongue in cheek. Um, Justice League Cosmic Chaos is family fun. And I think also... I'd put it as like a great plane game, you know, if you're or like a road trip game or something like that, you can just pick it up, play it for a little bit, put it down. Oh, my only other nit about it is I, I'm playing on PC. And at least when I was playing, it does not have Steam cloud save. Ooh. So I started on my PC and then I was like, oh, wait, Steam Deck. Well, I'm an idiot. I should play this on my Steam Deck. And then I did in my save, then it carry over. And I was like, Hey, oldest child, do you want to play for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> and so I carried my save over that way. Um, but it's awesome. I really enjoy it. Like it's not a cheap cash in license, you know, kind of thing. It could have been so much worse. And 
the progression and the unlocks feel good. It doesn't feel overly gamified. It doesn't feel like a free to play game that they made, you know, not like designed for mobile clearly. And now it's this, it doesn't feel like that at all. I really like it. It's, yeah, I'm uh, just checking wonderful. it out now. It, it It's interesting. It is. It does look like little baby versions of all of the justice league. It's except like that, a little bit. Yeah. Except that, uh, Aquaman has a beard. <laughs> like, yeah. Why does yeah. that small child have a beard? <laughs> facial hair? <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, um, there's a great. I'll just spoil one other joke. There's another great. It's like, oh, you're the Justice League. You have a character name on your team named Cyborg, and you named him Cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, this kind of it's a treat. It, it does look a little bit like it might be a mobile game, you know, but it's also fifty bucks. Like it's a fifty dollar game. It's not a it's not a free play thing. Um, but it kind of tell me if this is accurate. It, it kind of looks like uh, almost like a um, Lego Star yeah. Wars or oh. Lego Marvel superheroes or like kind of that kind of vibe. Yeah, but it's good for and, kids, and, but it could be fun for adults, too. Yeah, I think if you like the IP and again, it's a fun weekend. It, you're, I don't think it even has the puzzling of mm. a Lego. Some of the later Lego games do, even though I find some of those puzzles annoying. But it, it's just it's just fun. It's good voice acting, good background music um a very chill game i think i'd put it probably put it in the same uh place as a space for the unbound you know it's like if you just finished dead space you're getting ready for resident evil 4 justice league cosmic chaos is a wonderful game to slot in there or if you have kids gonna make you cry Um, is that what you're saying i mean maybe what's gonna happen to cyborg (laughs) (laughs) um all right so that is a justice league cosmic chaos what else is on your playlist christian um, the other thing that I want to talk about, I can talk about now as well is, uh, the outer worlds, uh, spacers choice edition, mm. much like you and resident evil four, Jeff, I think the outer worlds, I have played the opening four hours of that game more than almost any other large <laughs> RPG, uh, recently for sure. It's a game I raved about way back when, when it first came out, I really like it. It came out, I think before obsidian was part of Xbox and it was like, Oh, obsidian's doing their own what if we did fallout since we can't do any more fallout and it it has a good sense of humor it doesn't it it never rubbed me the wrong way with my idea of like you have to save the world but also go run a store like it very much takes in stride the idea of this nameless uh hero coming in to save the day and what they have to do it didn't overstay its welcome it wasn't you know 800 hours of of RPGing. So I really liked the core game and this spacers choice edition is um, kind of the remaster. It is not a remaster on the level of uh, dead space or RE4 or even Metroid prime. Um, It's not that big of a graphical overhaul, but they updated the lighting um, at 4k 60 frames per second. I think on PC maybe unlocked and it includes both DLCs as well, which were also fun. Um, so I played about three and a half hours of this Spacer's Choice Edition. I was provided a code. Um, and I thought it was fantastic. Like I created just a total wacky character, totally different than anything I did when I mainlined the game before. And I was just having, you know, fun doing those opening hours again. And the other big improvement that I experienced playing on PC is the load times were so much faster. This was a game that I also played a decent amount of on Switch when that Switch version came out because that was before Steam Decks were things and I wanted to have this game with me on the go. And on Switch, I think I talked about it on this show, 
it was almost unplayable at times because this game has a lot of loading where like you go into the village and you go out into an open world and you go and it's like the load times could be it felt like minutes i'm sure it's only 15 seconds but <laughs> it felt like a lot this version of it on pc the load times have been great for me um and then after I had this wonderful experience with the first few hours, I've read online that others are having um, performance issues like bad frame rate stutters. It's not hitting the you know 60 frames that it's advertised to hit. Um, Private Division has said a patch is coming out for it. Um, so I'm assuming all that stuff is real in there. It just didn't affect me in the opening hours. I don't know if you know my 4080 was brute forcing my way. Uh-huh through those things you know if the beefy gp saved the day for me um so assuming those issues are real and then assuming they get fixed if you haven't played the outer worlds because i think a lot of people haven't it's up there as one of my favorite you know air quote bethesda type <laughs> rpgs yeah. ever i think it has a great sense of humor and wonderful combat nice. and i think this would be the addition to get assuming that um, performance stuff gets ironed out for folks down the line because it has both DLCs, which are fun as well. I think it's on Game Pass, right? Is this version on Game Pass? I don't think this version is on Game yeah, Pass. I could be wrong. Interesting. Uh, Outer yeah. Worlds, not to be confused with Outer Wilds. They both with came Turtic. out the same year. Same year. Both yeah. both uh, had big fan followings Indeed. as well. And it's confusing Indeed, yeah. to talk about them. Uh, yeah, Outer Worlds Spacers Choice Edition. We've already talked some RE4 Chainsaw, so I will move to the next one that I will flag now as a potential Game of the Year candidate for me to let the mockery begin that DLC cannot be a Game of the Year candidate. I don't care what anyone says. Dead Cells Return to Castlevania is infinite chef's kiss of incredible. I'm not a big rogue type fan. Infinite friends. Chef's Kiss. That sounds like a very uncomfortable dinner. No, it's so good. You're constantly. You don't even have Get time to eat it. Get the chef off of me. <laughs> you're Please. constantly chef's kissing. You're constantly no. It's hand to mouth. Mwah. 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 Very difficult. Mwah. Also, to play. my chef very hot. Oh, well, there you Ooh. go. Yeah, it's me. I wear the apron that says "Kiss the Chef," you know, or whatever. <laughs> kiss the cook. Yeah, must be hard Kip to play, Christian, while you're just constantly kissing the game. <laughs> it's worth it, Jan, and I hope one day you elevate your gaming status to achieve true goatee. Um, I'll, I'll get a my own apron with a picture of you in an apron. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. That, that's, that's about at this level. Um, okay. Yeah. So this is a ten dollar. Um, add-on DLC for the game, not a free expansion for it. And if you are just coming into Dead Cells, I think this expansion works as like you haven't played through a lot of the game or even the main game. You want to just go straight into Return to Castlevania. Totally works, but asterisk, you should know, you need to die, I think it's three times before you can access the castlevania part of it no problem (laughs) exactly yeah i I think that's to teach you the live die repeat you know mechanic of the game before you go into it but after that after you unlock and happened in the main game too we had like the glass jars hanging above you to show all the collectibles that you get all the upgrades once you have that then in the first biome in that prison biome somewhere in there because it's you know, it's always a little different as you play it. You'll see steps that go down. 
and those steps that go down will lead you to a biome that you can enter that is the uh, courtyard of the castle or something like that. So you don't have to play it. You can choose to go to the sewers or, you know, what, whatever run you want to do. But if you want to spend time in that first biome to find going to Castlevania. And then when you're in there, fellas, the music alone is worth $10. It hits so hard. And it's like all the Castlevania feels and nods, but also like redone and at times up tempo to really just be hitting home, like the faster pace of what dead cells is. And then seeing some of these iconic Castlevania characters, but in that beautiful dead cells pixel Mm -hmm. art and you start and you meet characters i won't spoil them if people haven't read about them already but you meet characters from castlevania games you meet you go to locations of castlevania games and you know you'll do like in a lot of dead cells when you click rb on something you kind of like oh this looks interesting and you click rb and then you read about it and it's usually a joke of some form or fashion like poking fun at the trope of these tile of games very much happens but now it's like deep cut castlevania tropes it's kind of you know, winking at, which is awesome. It is exquisite. I have not beat it yet because Draco is hard, <laughs> yo. Um, it, it turns a, out. It, it turns out, yeah. And um, But I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And I think it's a testament to the fun of the Dead Cells style of play that even though I'm in that first courtyard to the castle over and over and over again, running that, and just doing that core loop of gameplay is fun. And getting the Castlevania-esque weapons is always a treat. I cannot recommend it enough. It's nice. awesome. Nice. There you go. Just Dead Cells Return to Castlevania lives up to the hype. Lives up to the 100%. promise. Hundred, Jeff, I'm surprised as you you know, were in on this game back in the early access days. I did. I love Dead hasn't Cells. lured you back. I, I will. I will play this, but I have not <laughs> yet. Yeah, I will. Okay. Uh, Fair. What are you playing it on? Are you playing on Switch? No, I am playing on PC, on Steam Deck mostly. Nice. Mm. Which I did. My first complete run of the game was on Switch. So I hadn't played on PC again in a very long time. So I sat down and I was like, wait, where's all my... Oh, that's right. (laughs) This is... Uh, But I wanted... I wanted Steam Deck for 60 frames per second. And, you know, it does support cloud save. So I... I don't know if this is the case because I don't have all of my upgrades on my Steam version of it. I don't know how much easier it may or may not be if you have all of those upgrades. From what I've seen in the levels, there aren't all of those things, I'll be vague, that you get in the main game that open up back parts of that game. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of those points. So I, I think that Return to Castlevania really is made for people to go in fresh even if they haven't played any dead cells before, I think that op- I think it's built for you to be able to do that, which feels fun. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll reinstall dead cells. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I missed all of those DLCs that came out since the game originally came out, but yeah. uh, might be turned time to return to this dead is the cells. one, right? This is the one to get you back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the OST. Totally. Someone has to, if they haven't released it officially, find it on YouTube or something like that. And just listen to a few tracks of the OST. And if that, I think your hand will automatically go to the buy button, whether you want to or not. <laughs> it's really well done. Awesome. Uh, all right, my playlist, uh, I want to spotlight a, a couple of, of indie games, as I like to do. Um, before I do that, I, I want to reiterate an indie game that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I just want to say that I'm still playing it, and I still absolutely love it. It's called Aces and Adventures. Oh, Have yeah. you played that, Jim? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I checked out like uh, maybe uh, 30 minutes, like an hour Dude. of it. It's, oh, it's good. so good. It's yes. so good. I won't reiterate it because I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but or maybe it was last week. I don't know. I talked about it recently. Anyway, I'm totally hooked on this game. I think, I mean, this is like going to be, I'm going to, it'll be on my lists at the end of the year, probably. It's very, very, very good. Anyway, the games I want to talk about this week uh, is a game called Patch Quest. I've said a number of times the last couple of years in the indie games space, I feel like has been this explosion of experimentation in mixing genres in a game that does two things that used to be their own games and th these mashups of doing them uh, together. Patch Quest is another example of that. Patch Quest is like, what if Pokemon and, and, and Animal Crossing-ish and also a bullet hell shooter. <laughs> Can oh. we do those two games together? Turns out, yes. Uh, oh, no. Patch Quest is a, it looks adorable. It's got this really um, cute 2D sort of um, paper craft uh, looking art style, kind of cartoonish, but like this, you know, very two dimensional piece of paper you know, walking around on, on the screen. And you are in this patch world. Uh, your little character has a house in this patch world and goes out and uh, wants to connect the patches of all these worlds back, uh, all these places back together. Ostensibly, what that means is each screen is connected to the next. Uh, it's a roguelite. So the map of where you're going in each biome is the same, but every time you play, the details of what that screen, or in the parlance of this game, that patch is, will change. So Every run is different because you're going to encounter different enemies and different, uh, you know, features on, on that screen. But the path through the maze will re remain the same. And what you're doing is you're fighting these bad guys in this bullet hell, this 2D bullet hell, uh, you know, almost um, twin stick kind of uh, Robotron-esque screen. But the twist is... Every single creature that you encounter, good, bad, and otherwise, you can capture, take back to your to your uh, lair, your your house, and and have there as part of as one of your creatures, or you can just capture it and ride it immediately. Every single creature, every you creature, going to kill you. This is a fate worse than death. I will <laughs> ride you. I will subjugate you and make You're you stop being my friend now. <laughs> yes, every every creature in the game is a mount. Every creature could pos potentially be a mount, and when you mount the creature, you get their unique abilities. So every single creature has, or every class of creature has its own, you know, uh, ability set. And so there are certain creatures that are better for different situations and different biomes. There are creatures you have to get a creature that can climb to get through certain areas. You have to get water creatures to get in the water areas. So you want to have a stable of all these different creatures. You can any creature that you have tamed and brought to your house, you can summon at any time. So like, oh, I need that creature. Whoop! I have a water creature at, at home. Now here's the catch: in order to keep them at your house. They have to be happy and well-fed, oh. which means you have to get the right kind of uh, flora and fauna growing at your house. You have the right plants that you have to collect and analyze in your runs. So there's this whole, like, 
you know, Farmville Animal Crossing thing. But you also want to collect them all, uh, like Pokemon. But also, when you're out there, it's a bullet hell shooter. <laughs> so <laughs> it's doing a lot of stuff uh, that you would normally find in their own individual games. But mashing it all up, it's pretty darn fun. The most amazing thing about this game, it is made by one human being, a single oh, developer. Wow. Are you sure about that? You sure they didn't have a bunch of developers back home that they were keeping well fed? And, uh... <laughs> it's possible. It's certainly possible. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super impressed with Patch Quest. It's pretty darn fun. The, you know, the, the trappings of the roguelite elements are cool in that every run, you know, you're, you, you retain the things that you bring back to your um, your house. So there's a lot of like push your luck. Like, how far am I going to go before I go back to my house? But also you can level up certain skills and get new cool features and better armor and stuff like that. That's going to carry forward from run to run. Uh, and I love that roguelite stuff. Um, so, it, you know, it's fun. And the and the bullet helliness is cool because you end up getting very powerful and getting a lot of ways to mitigate that. Like you get ways to, to reflect or absorb uh, bullets or you'll have mounts that can, that can be invincible for a, a, you know, a split second or whatever. So there's a lot of really cool ways to mitigate the, the, <laughs> the absolute madness of bullets <laughs> on the screen at any given time. Um, and I love the visuals of the game. It's really cute. It's, it's very much all about customizing. It asks you to name your world and name every pet that you get and name oh. yourself. And you have all these different visualization options for yourself. And uh, it's cute. It's cute. It's fun. One person made it. Very impressive. It's called Patch Quest. Oh, Jeff, this is dangerous. As, as a <laughs> Pokemon fiend that's been clamoring for some type of Pokemon-like type of experience. Oh, this, oh, this uh, is you gotta write them my all. alley. You, you gotta, you <laughs> gotta mount them all. Uh, gotta mount them all. Yeah. Put yeah. it on the box. Okay, patch quest. <laughs> um, okay, another game that I was given a code for um, that I probably wouldn't have checked out if I hadn't been given a code for is a game called Spin Rhythm XD. Uh, it's a game I played on Steam. This is in the tradition of Guitar Hero Rock Band. You know, it is a pure music rhythm game, but it doesn't have a funky controller. It doesn't have a, a weird, you know, input device. It just uses a, a gamepad, and it does so, I think, in a really brilliant way. Very much have in your mind Guitar Hero, that, that ro road of, of gems coming at you, and you have to time the, you know, you have to time your button presses on your guitar controller to hit right as the gem crosses over the line that's closest to you. That's still retained here, but instead of pushing a button on a guitar controller, you're kind of rotating this, this little half circle of different colors so that the right color lines up to the color of the gem. And sometimes you push a button because a specific gem shape will mean you have to push a button. But most of the time, you're not pushing a button. Most of the time, you're just lining up the right color to intercept the right color. Sometimes a different symbol will come up, will come toward you. And there you have to move your thumbstick in the right direction. Or sometimes you have to move it back and forth. And like jam, you're like jamming, like back and forth through, through the whole period of, of time. But the neat thing that they do about that is that when you move, when that symbol comes up and you're moving the stick, the next time a gem hits your field of having to line it up, it will always be the correct color. So it like, 
it's hard for me to explain, but you get into this Zen state where it's not always about moving the, um, moving your little half circle, like moving it. It's like dialing it in, right? You're like dialing the right color, but sometimes because you can like go wop, 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 and then the right color automatically hits. And so you get into this cool Zen state of like, uh, it, it really creates this flow state that is what you want out of a rhythm game. And it does it way better than I ever would have imagined without having a funky controller. Like, being on a guitar, you're like, yeah, I'm jamming, I'm doing it, I'm, <laughs> my fingers are, you know, my, I'm strumming just perfectly, I, mean, I feel like a rock star. This game doesn't make you feel like a rock star, but it, because it's all sort of trancey uh, EDM music, I really enjoyed it. It felt very um, almost zen-like and meditative, and, you know, I'm like, boom, 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 I'm doing it, I'm in it, I'm in, the, I, in this flow state, and it really was very pleasurable to play. I was like, I really dig this. They figured out a way to do that very familiar rhythm game thing and transpose it onto a total typical controller and still make it seem really fun and pleasurable. It's not just, it's not about making me feel like a rock star, but it is creating a relationship with the music that feels really good and is exactly what you want out of a rhythm game. Nice. Yeah, uh, th that is my favorite part of some rhythm games, and it's really hard to nail. Yes. Of just getting into the flow state. And, you know, sometimes it feels really awkward just doing it with a controller, but I'm glad to hear that even with a gamepad, Jeff, you feel like you're getting into it with, uh, with spin rhythm. Yeah, it's really cool. And then I put it on the hard difficulty. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm getting this. I'm loving this. I'm going to go up to... It has hard and then expert and then like you know, hit yourself in the face with a brick, basically. With the, <laughs> the, 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 like, but I was, I was playing on normal. I did a bunch of songs on normal. I'm like, yeah, this feels good. I'm into it. Well, <laughs> I'm moving up. I moved up to expert. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip hard and go to expert. <laughs> that broke me. Oh. Completely broke me. And then I went down to hard. And the interesting thing about hard difficulty and above, it, it mostly, most you know, in Guitar Hero and stuff, it usually is just like more notes, you know, more times you need to do a thing. And I think that's still the case here. But more than that, it literally just adds new mechanics. Mm. It goes, okay, now you need to press the right bumper oh, on certain, no. certain things. And so you're like, oh, I'm, do I'm doing my cool dial thing where I'm dialing in the right thing, but now I also have to like hit a bumper at a certain point, And it's just like walking and chewing gum at the same time. It's, it's, <laughs> it's patting your head and rubbing your tummy. You know, it is, I was like, well, I got to really play this a lot in order to, to get to hard and expert, which is, I think a compliment in that there's a place to go. Like I'm enjoying the Zen, you know, the, the, you know, just the, the flow state feeling the, the kind of um, just, just kind of joyous, not pressured i'm just enjoying the music right this is like a great way to kind of take the stress it's like a tetris effect the early levels of tetris effect where you're just like oh, i just feels good there's no stress there's no but if you want this game will also be like okay i'll give you a challenge and i think that's great I, i'm i was really impressed with spin rhythm xd uh if you're into that kind of thing the, the music was all music i'd never heard of but i'm not super into the edm scene but it's not like you know, it's not like top 40 hits, you know, it's not going to be a bunch of songs that you'll recognize, I assume. Uh, I certainly didn't. 
Maybe if you're into that scene, maybe there are some recognizable acts, but I didn't catch any of them. But that doesn't mean the music isn't good. I thought the music was all really good. And, um, you know, it's, it's very, it's very trancey. It's very, you know, uh, electronic and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, a fun thing that I see on the steam page, uh, gentlemen is I play only using mouse and I get carpal tunnel and I love it. <laughs> so, Hey, people are subjecting themselves to pain and still enjoying the music. <laughs> In the trailer, they show that you can plug in, uh, if you have DJ gear, you can plug in a, oh, an dude. actual turntable and like, oh, that makes that's, sense for that twisting mechanic. Exactly. That is cool. Did you guys ever play DJ Hero back in the day? Yes. Oh my gosh. So sad that didn't uh, last longer. I know. That game was amazing. Yeah. None of those skills could transfer over <laughs> to actual DJing at all. Right. I mean, same thing with Guitar Hero, I guess. Yeah, but man, I would love. I wish this game supported the DJ Hero input device because that would be that would be sick. Anyway, uh, it's been Rhythm XD, and it is uh, what has been on my playlist. All right, uh, let's uh, check in a little bit with our PSVR two in the VR segment. All right, Christian and I both uh, been playing PSVR 2 since it launched. Christian, I know you have been playing a game that we both absolutely loved when it came out, not in VR at all, but had a very unique input. Uh, and that game is Before Your Eyes. You've played it in PSVR 2, right? Yes, uh, I raved about this game back when, when it came out. I think they released a mobile version. Uh, that's maybe part of Netflix. I don't know. Don't hold me to that. But I... This made my end of the year discussion when we talked about it before. Both of ours. I think it's very, yeah, very impactful game, exquisite narrative, and something that only video games can do. And uh, I think you should still play it. If you have not played Before Your Eyes and you just have whatever, any of the systems it's available on, I think you should 100% play it. It's a game you can play in one sitting. Yes, oh, okay. I think best played in one sitting, Indeed. personally. If, however, you have a PSVR 2, or you think you might be getting a PSVR 2 sometime this year, wait to play it in PSVR uh, 2. Okay. This is the way the game was meant to be played, in my opinion. Again, it's incredible. It made my end of the year, both of our end of the year discussion, when it, we didn't even think there could be a VR version of it. No no hint of that, idea. no whisper of it, no, no notion of it. It was already great. Already great. And here I am in the PSVR 2 headset with its OLED screen and its deliciously inky blacks and accurate tracking and a game that you control by blinking, both voluntary and involuntary. And I think that tension of sometimes leaving a moment before you want to because you blink. And you now in VR with PSVR 2 because it has eye tracking, it, you know, it's able to recognize those blinks. You don't have, to have anything fancy, just your helmet on. It has everything. You don't need to have like a good webcam. Is it dialed in right or whatever? You're just wearing your helmet. And then everything else in the world is, uh, it's not quite eye gazing, but just looking at the things that you want to interact with. Because sometimes there's something in the world you see that you want to look at specifically and then blink and it will unlock part of that. Or you want to take a crayon and use it. So it's all done by turning your head and looking around the world. And because it is kind of vignettes through a story, which I'll be very vague about because I think it's something you need to experience. But as you kind of jump around these vignettes of this story, the way that VR puts you in it is 
exquisite where, you know, changing the height or the size perspective of where you are, or like a, you have, there's a moment where there's a pet that joins you and it's sitting there next to you. And it's like, that is that pet in scale where it should be. There's a moment where you're much younger and you see the world, you know, from like a Rugrats style point of view. And it's like, you're there in that point of view and the art style, I think, really lends itself to um, VR really well. It, it's very abstracted, uh, cartoony, dare I say, simple polygons, um, kind of a cel-shaded approach of like flat colors and images. But the story is so impactful for me and playing it in VR. Um, I've now cried <laughs> in my PSVR 2 headset which I don't know if it was the fans in the PSVR 2 working, but it did not get foggy. I it's a comfortable to, headset, Ellie. It's a, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I did not have room to get tissue in there, so I just let it flow. <laughs> but the other pro of PSVR 2 is that no one saw me crying. You know, like yeah. no one. Mm. I looked like Your I was just sitting there. private headset uh-huh. of shame. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> But it's an incredible game and truly VR elevates it. There was a discussion in our Discord not too long ago about like what genres does VR truly elevate? Like I get cockpit games, but like what else can it do? We talked about Moss and I think that game is elevated by it. Before Your Eyes is a million percent elevated by being in VR and it's a wonderful VR port as well and, and totally worth playing. So much so that it it doesn't make any sense that this is the port. It feels like the... The other version is the port. Like, this is the game as it should have been. I feel like this was always the the best version of it. And the other ones feel less than. The original version feels less than, which is a wild thing to say. Even even a game that made our end-of-the-year top lists. uh, Yeah, but it it really feels like this is the way that this story is best conveyed. uh, All around you, enveloped by it. And, you know, we talked at length, you know, whatever year that was that came out last year, the year before, I don't even remember, time's a flat circle. But um, we talked about how, how, you know, how powerful it is, the involuntary nature of it, the, the, the you're kind of fighting about not blinking because you want to see more and you just can't anymore and you have to blink. Um, all of that, like the fact that it, you're much more intimately related to this stuff, because as you said, Christian, the the um size relationships are right the immediacy the immersion is is also much more heightened um yeah this is if you have a psvr2 don't even think about it like get this sit down carve out a a hour or whatever it is hour and a half at the most to play it it it's wonderful 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 it it is it's a, a work of art and it's a testament to how video games can do things that no other medium can do like there's this is the only way this story could be conveyed in this way oh gentlemen i i didn't want to get a psvr2 (laughs) but hearing hearing all this because i think this is the direction i want for vr you know like the galleries are shooting galleries are great uh uh the rhythm games are great but like having a very hyper specific art style and being able to be transported into that world and really taking advantage of something as minute as blinking yeah. and as you guys were talking about how important blinking is i just caught myself like oh no 
I'm blinking yeah. too much right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. You'll definitely be hyper aware playing this game of how often you blink. I'm like, oh, geez, I really <laughs> blink a lot. Um, I mean, I think the work one just needs to go missing for a little while, Jan. That's yeah, all you yeah. just need to, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. where it is. It says you here, you checked it out. Well, I, <laughs> who can say, you know, who can say I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I definitely agree. I, I, I've been saying for a while that um, I the thing that's most exciting to me about VR is not transposing experiences that we've always had on, in video games into VR, although that is cool. It's the fact that VR allows for completely new types of interactive experiences. And, you know, seeing even though this existed as a non-VR game, it does feel like this is proof of, of what VR can do. Um, so uh, the other side of the spectrum I will bring up as a game uh, that I played through on PSVR 2 and haven't had a chance to talk about yet, which is uh, Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge, which I think is one of those must-buy PSVR 2 titles. It's you know great launch title, um, proof of how cool the tech can be. One of those ones where you're like, bring your Star Wars friend over, put the headset on them and wow them as they look around inside Star- a Star Wars world. Um, Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge looks great. Uh, being able to relate to awesome Star Wars characters in a one-to-one relationship, size relative is cool. And uh, it's a, you know, it is, as Jen mentioned, a shooting gallery game. It's, it, it is very much a, you know, sort of a classic first person shooter, but done in VR. I think the shooting is great. I love the, the mechanism for, uh, how you reload that all that tactile stuff in VR always works really, really well. They do it great here. A lot of tactile, like moving levers, shifting things. You have a tool belt with a cool, like, you know, wrench that you, you take things apart with. You're this kind of, you know, smuggler, uh, sort of, um, street level star Wars character, which is, which is always fun to play as, uh, and it's very immersive and fun. And it's just, it's just a cool experience being inside star Wars and shooting a blaster and, you know, shooting, shooting bad guys and moving through these cool worlds. I, there's no reason if you have PSVR 2 not to pick up this game. <laughs> it's great. It's um, the complete edition as well. Folks who yeah. maybe read or heard some early reviews, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, when it launched, um, wasn't reviewed as favorably because it, the first three hours... And I think of this game as well, in my opinion, are the worst. Mm-hmm. And originally, that's kind of all it was. <laughs> and it wasn't bad. It just wasn't like, wow. And then they released, I think it was DLC for that first game. That's all included in this PSVR 2 version. And that's when this game opens up. And it becomes these really cool, heroic Star Wars style moments. And while it is mostly a shooting gallery, I think if not the best one of the best the animations of folks dying of these (laughs) faceless stormtrooper soldiers you know whatever like shoot them in the leg the arm it feels like you know ride best star wars theme park ride level of like acting of these characters going down and falling and all that stuff it it is really really cool and voice acting's great the NPCs that you meet, they're all fun. You can get right up in their face as they talk and look at them and see all the detail. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. So, yeah. I didn't get a chance to bring that up in the last couple of times we talked about PSVR 2, but it is 100% one of the best launch titles for the system. And I don't know. I, the best I, version of the game, too, I think. Like for sure. Yeah. Fidelity that the PSVR 2 brings over. <sighs> looks um, so good. Looks I guess so I don't know good. if it was on PC or not, but over the Quest version, um, certainly. All right. 
Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Jan Ochoa, thank you so much for being here. It's always so fun to chat with you. Um, really appreciate you stopping by. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I feel like I, I am now going to investigate robot voices and just adding them to every <laughs> single bumper that exists, whether it's on for work or whatever. There you go. I mean, the good news, bad news is uh, the, the world in which we live right now, they don't need to be robot bumpers. They yeah. can just be Jeff or I's voice. You could literally um, have anybody's Or your voice. voice or yeah. Howard yeah. Stern's voice. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I'm going to download <laughs> all of the metadata from DLC slash film every <laughs> podcast Jeff has ever been on. And just transpose his voice into other stuff. There you go. Should we announce now, Jeff, that this has actually been uh, Jan Obata? He has not been. This has been, <laughs> this has been bot Jan this whole episode. Oh, wow. Dude, we pulled it off. Bravo. If we, just, if we just keep making this podcast long enough, it's going to become so easy to have guests. We could just, we'll just <laughs> chat GPT all of their responses. Use, you know, use AI generated voice matches. We can have any guest we want. It'll be amazing. Ladies and, and gentlemen, us. James Cameron is joining us. <laughs> Wasn't there joining at the Oscars, us. but he's here for DLC. <laughs> Once again, it's the person with the most hours of voice content on the internet. <laughs> yeah. You guys, Rogan's back. Yeah. He it, he talks for three hours straight again. Here, get <laughs> strap in. Here we go. Speaking of the Oscars, uh, update for uh, literally just the three of us. Everybody listening to this already knows, but uh, everywhere, all, everything, everywhere, all at once. One best picture. Michelle Yeoh won uh, best actress. So and Daniels, well, the Daniels won. Delete it off my TiVo now, Jeff. Best Thanks. Director. Did you really? <laughs> no. There was no surprise there. Come on, they were <laughs> they were rolling into this uh, this this. And anyway. apparently, it is was before the Oscars the most awarded film ever. Oh wow. Like rolling it through all the award it, seasons. It it's one of my most. favorite movies of all time. It is it is on my all-time list. I'm very happy to hear it see it uh, continue to uh, be lauded. I guess it takes over the Daniel's other project that I really enjoy, which is the music video for Turned Down for What. Very good. Yes. I thought <laughs> you were going to say um Swiss Army Yeah, the, uh, the farting uh, <laughs> the farting Harry Potter movie. <laughs> Which, to be honest... It's fun. Daniel Radcliffe performed his heart out it's fun. in that. It's oh, very fun. It's Like, fun. dude went for it, yeah. you know? Like... That was my first introduction into Paul Dano, and I have not been able... I've, I've been on the Dano train since. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> irresistible. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, well, Christian, I, I need to ask you, what do you, what do you got going on this week? Well, we need to ask Jan where else we can hear about oh, Jan's Oh, that's right. Stuff. That's oh. what I got sidetracked. Please tell the folks where they can keep up with you and the things that you go, you do online. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter on at underscore Jan Jerome. You can also visit giantbomb.com. We got, it's a, I guess it's a website about video games, giant Bombcast on Tuesdays. We have, uh, the voicemail dump truck, which is where we answer a bunch of voicemails from our lovely community. Just leave a voicemail and maybe we'll get to it. Actually, there's too many voicemails in the voicemail dump truck right now. It's, it's too much to wait. Need a bigger for. truck. Uh, we, we might need a fleet. Of <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, okay, Christian, now your turn. What's, what's going on? Uh, I would like an Oscar update, please. Brendan <laughs> Fraser won Best Actor. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that Oscar update. Uh, my website, christianspicer.com. Uh, like I said, I'll run the blog section. Not every game, but oftentimes when there's a game that I'm excited about that has its embargo come up before I'm on this show. There is some other stuff this month, I'll be very vague, um, that comes up before an episode of this show. So you can find that at the blog 
Also, I'm selling copies, physical copies of my graphic novel Consequences, which is a physical brawler, um, John Wick, Atomic Blonde style book. I have extra physical copies. I'm selling them. You can find them there again at my website over in the store. And I write a newsletter about video games called Let's Chat Games that you can subscribe to at uh, tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And Jeff, I'd like an Oscar update, please. Uh, I mean, I believe I told you literally no surprises here. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio, Pinocchio. one best animated film. Uh, Which the only bad part about that is Turning Red just came out the wrong year. I don't think the wrong yeah. film won, but Turning Red is exquisite. I, I will I will see your Turning Red and raise you a Sea Beast, which was my favorite animated movie of the year. Sea Beast, criminally underrated. It is a masterpiece. I got to check that out. So good. So good. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, looking radiant, uh, won the Oscar. She's amazing. Jeff, do, do you talk about movies anywhere that people could? Uh, oh, also <laughs> The Last of Us. I do it with Dave Chen. <sighs> you reminded me because of your other show. Um, Decoding TV. Jeff, yes. what about you? I, I do the film cast, uh, which is a, movie, a show about uh, movies and TV shows. We'll, we'll be talking about the Oscars. We, we all had uh, every, everything everywhere all at once uh, as our top movie of the year. So it's very rare that we all agree on the our favorite movie of the year. And we all agreed last year that was the best one. So uh, it'll be a fun episode when we talk about how it uh, won so many awards. Which you after can... your summer prediction wager contest, you guys needed this. You really... You really needed yeah, this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, did not do well. <laughs> we, we, we did not see Top Gun coming at all. Uh, all right. Uh, well, it, was, it, it was in the sky is why. That's yeah. right. Uh-huh. You know, no worries. I, and I had just watched the movie Don't Look Up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's following its advice. Um, I also do a sports show, uh, the fan-controlled show, uh, and you can find that on YouTube or uh, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. I also it's on uh, fan controlled sports and entertainment channels. Uh, I also do a uh, a comedy science show called We Have Concerns at WeHaveConcerns.com. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is parting gift. Dan, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yes, if you haven't checked it out, I highly suggest if you have Peacock, uh, checking out Poker Face. If you're a fan of Columbo, any type of mystery shows, Natasha Leone, Ryan Johnson are killing it. Absolutely love it. I agree. And oh my, the last two episodes of the season? Oh. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't want to be Charlie's friend in the show, but I, I know that she'd figure it out if anything did happen to me <laughs> so good uh christian spicer what about you got a parting gift i mean i, I just wanted to be friends with mr johnson because apparently if you're his friend you get like the best role on any of the awesome stuff that he made and it's, it, can, it can even be two seconds and you're like yeah oh, dang they killed that scene so good um also i'll, I'll do two quickies scream six which is in theaters I thought it was such a fun time um, and I am constantly shocked at how good Scream continues to be after I think it was Scream 3 that literally had a Jay and Silent Bob cameo in it. Like the Scream was screaming for jumping the shark. Like it's like a, it just so lost its way. I think Scream is back. Scream 6 was super fun. 
and I think it's worth checking out in theaters. And then the other one, this is old, but I had missed it. It's like a year old. Um, the band is called Beauty School Dropout. And they have an EP called We Made Plans and God and God Laughed. Um, and I'd recommend starting with the song Yeah, 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 Yeah. It's all one word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it is great new version pop punk. Uh, not clean, not for kids, but it's a, it's a great track. You know who should cover that song? The yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were going to, but they were too busy making maps. Mm, all right. I get it. <laughs> uh, my parting gift is uh, I went skiing this uh, this last weekend. Uh, a buddy and I went uh, skiing together uh, without kids. And oh, my goodness, I forgot how much I love skiing. I love it. I love living here in Colorado. But hey, if you have a chance to, to get up to a mountain and go skiing, oh, my goodness. I was in seventh heaven, just out there <laughs> in nature, uh, beautiful Colorado mountains. Um, it was sublime. It was sublime. And I, uh, I used to love skiing in, in high school. I was in the ski club. And uh, it's been years since I've been able to actually go up uh, without kids <laughs> and have a day of just going up run after run after run and uh, tiring ourselves out and having a great time. Man, I, I had so much fun. So, uh, uh, go skiing. That's my suggestion. We nice. also got a listener suggested parting gift. Uh, this was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes in from Will, who says, I've uh, been a listener for the past seven years or so and a patron since day one of the new model. Thank you, Will. Amazing. While listening to the most recent craziness of the paid DLC show, I thought of a parting gift I wanted to share, though something tells me Jeff is probably familiar with it already. On paid DLC, there was some discussion about color in the world and how people have a tendency to think of older times as being in black and white because that's how video and photographs portray it. This can sometimes have a dehumanizing effect or cause events to feel like they're further in the past than they truly are. I wanted to recommend Peter Jackson's 2018 film, They Shall Not Grow Old, a documentary he directed about World War I. This one was clearly a passion project of Jackson's, which always brings out his A-game. The filmmakers took footage of World War I and not only colorized and restored it, but normalized the playback speed, added sound effects, and recorded voiceovers for the soldiers. The end result is footage that is over 100 years old, feeling like it was recorded 20 years ago, and it truly humanizes something that otherwise feels distant. The film isn't presented in a traditional historical documentary fashion. There's no reciting of dates, locations, etc. that may scare off some folks. Instead, they drop you into the trenches to see what life was like for a soldier in World War I in their own words. It wound up being one of the most impactful pieces of media I've experienced on the subject. It's currently available on HBO Max, and I cannot re recommend it highly enough. Thanks, Will. Thank you, Will. I agree. This is extraordinary. Extraordinary. And uh, if people aren't aware of it, again, it's on HBO Max. Check it out if you subscribe to that channel. Uh, it's something special. And, you know, Peter Jackson kind of pioneered this technology. He used it again on the um, Beatles, uh, mm -hmm. the Beatles uh, behind the scenes documentary that he put out, which was also really cool. Uh, but again, that's called They Shall Not Grow Old. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. We really appreciate it. All right. 
That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Jan Ochoa and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star, who make those awesome bumpers. Thanks to our theme song composers as White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold. Uh, if you'd like to get swag, like Christian is sporting right now with his cool DLC t-shirt, uh, you can check that out on the video stream, or you can buy your very own at dlcswag.com, which was created by Jesse J. Anderson. Thank you, Jesse. We also want to thank our patrons for making this show possible. We could not make it without them. Thank you, patrons. Uh, our top tier patrons, the hype train level patrons, get their names read out at the end of every episode, which I'm going to do right now. That's right. It's time now to thank our hype train patrons. Patrons like Dwayne T. Robinson, Tyler Buckwild Broad, Stephen T. Seifert. Rob Wonder Rob Dominguez, Kevin Ede, Joe DeFrank, Brian Yordan, Scott Lambert, Sure You Can, Hyperboy 66, David Epp, Comedian Aaron Trahan, John Sisko, Curtis from Louisville, Matt Valdez, Relentless Rex, Michael S., Andy Joyce, Anthony Goulas, Kyle Starr, Riley Knox, Dan Flanagan, Sasan, Rob Rickman, Hank Patton, Adam Denby, Victor Valenzuela, Jonathan Talbert, Matt Bradley, Chris Zacharias, Will with one L Harris Jeff Luxack Mitchell Ness Jonathan Putney Jimmy Radcliffe Mark Gowland Malcolm King Dan Palmino Ben Scott Hughes Jenny Stu Goss Kevin Brazel Nate Zachary White, Jonathan Spiceman Forever Schlepfer, Albert of the Stuff and Junk Show Podcast, Yick, Soren Silk, The Spiceman Silencer, Travis, Jackson, Michael Buck, Mike Lombardo, Michael Stadler, Peter Olberg, Chad, Josh Peak, Christian Bravery, Taylor Wiggert, Octavian Ratsiu, Jason Novak. These are the Hype Train patrons. Our top tier making this show possible sitting in that hype train bringing DLC to you
All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.